Hello, and welcome to Learn It From a Layman. Uh, I'm Carl Christensen, back again. Now, I have a number of people. We have a party here today. Uh, we've got Cameron back, as once again, our trusty member of the podcast. Uh, Matt uh, will be going and coming, uh, and Johnny is on for the second time. Johnny, the uh, now not quite official doctor, but soon to be official doctor uh, in Alabama. Right? Okay. And for the first time, and uh, and the star of today's podcast, we get, we're joined by Officer Gibbs, or Adam Gibbs, or just Adam, or wait, do you have any other names that you go by? Would it be Patrolman? <laughs> okay. Um, who will be, uh, we're going to be today discussing uh, the job of a highway patrolman and any questions related to that that we'd like to have answered that Adam is, uh, will answer for us. So um, let's just jump in. Um, okay, so I'm going to start by just asking some questions here, and uh, we'll, we'll start right at the beginning. So Adam, training. How, what kind of training do you need to, to do in order to become a highway patrolman? Uh, well, first I went through, I actually put myself through the academy. There is a, the Utah uh, Police Academy up in Salt Lake, goes through SLCC in that area. That's a lot shorter time. I did not have the opportunity to go through there, so I actually put myself through the academy and attended at Bridgeland Applied Technology College up in Logan. I paid my way through. It was a 10-month course. It was night school. It was Monday through Thursday uh, from about 6 o'clock at night to 10 o'clock at night for 10 months. Okay. This... I went through. I went through all the special functions, certification, correction certification, so I'm actually... Could work in a jail as well, and also the uh, LEO block, the law enforcement block. So not so that whole ten month thing is is necessary, even if you want to just become a higher patrolman, or is some of that extra because you did the other part. So um, Bridgeland Applied Technology, they do it in two blocks. They do special functions and corrections in one block, and then LEO is a separate block. If you just want to go to the jail, work in the jail, you can do special functions and corrections, and then if you want to be a LEO or category one peace officer in the state of Utah, you have to do LEO as well. Okay. So you said some acronyms. Uh, LEO is yeah. law enforcement. Law enforcement. Law enforcement officer. There we go. Okay. Cool. Come on. Oh, I thought uh, he was talking about the it, lion named Leo. That's cool. If you have if you have uh, if you have somebody that'll sponsor you, like another agency that hires you and puts you through the academy, then you actually go to Salt Lake City and You'll actually just go, if you're going for law enforcement, it's a lot shorter. I, I'm not sure exactly how long it is, but it's just the special functions. And the law enforcement block, you don't do corrections as well. And it's full time. It's like eight hours a day that entire time you're up there. Okay. So is that how most officers get in? Is they get they get hired and then they get put into training? Or, or what's like the normal way of getting uh, So So back quite a while ago, um, it was you had to be... You had to be hired and sponsored through the academy. To get into the academy, you had to be sponsored. Um, back in 2012, when they cut the retirement here in Utah, they they struggled to find officers. And so the, it became more and more prevalent of putting yourself through the academy. Okay. Because... Cool. Okay. So, hey, so... So, if you, so with your certifications, if you moved out of Utah and wanted to be a high patrolman elsewhere, do you... Do, does any of that carry over, or do you have to like recertify in another state, or what would happen? 
Some of them do. Some of the certifications do carry over, but I'd probably have to attend uh, the academy in those other states. Okay. I know Arizona has their own special academy that you have to uh, go through, but I'm not 100% sure on the other states. Okay. There's a special uh, course you have to take in Alabama to learn how to speak with the Southern Draw. <laughs> That's right. All, uh, all highway patrolmen in Alabama must Crazy sound, sound like they're natives. That is true. Okay. Uh, so you answered my second question kind of already, but how you get a job. So once you were done, so you, but you didn't, like when you were done with the te those 10 months, you had already been hired, right? Or, or did you apply no, after? I didn't. So I applied all throughout the academy. I, once you're in the academy or even before the academy, you can start applying for different agencies. Uh, I applied for, uh, where did I apply? I applied like five or six different agencies and I graduated the academy on the 7th and I got picked up and hired by the high patrol on the 11th. They called and offered me a job. Okay. So Are I most... out and I... Sorry, go ahead. I, I lucked out and they picked me up like right out of the academy. Do most people have to like go to other jobs first before they get picked up, or like what's? It just it just depends on the agency. Like a lot of times for county agencies, you need to go. They'll put you through. You have to work in the jail first. Um, like Cache County, when I was up there, you had to actually volunteer in the jail. You had to volunteer one shift a month. Um, volunteer, not even paid, at the jail, and then they pick you up for full time in the jail. And then after you've been in the jail for a little while, then you could finally go to the road. So it just depends on the agency. Some agencies you can go straight to the road, and some agencies you have to go to the jail first. Okay. Um, okay, so let's move on to some of the uh, stuff that you get once you get hired. You get issued guns, correct? Yes. How many firearms do you get issued? Uh, I got issued three. Okay. I got issued my Glock, my sidearm, and then I have an AR-15 that straps like right next to me in the car, nice. and then a shotgun in the trunk. Okay. And uh, and those are those are just part of the job, right? I mean, you, you don't have to like like uh, buy those. Those are just kind of come. Yeah, they're, they're issued. They're not mine. So like, if I was to get terminated, I'd have to give them back. Okay. Do you get to do like shooting practice? Is that like mandatory or what's the uh, like? Yeah, we have to qualify. We have to qualify once a year on all the guns. Um, and then after we, so once a year you have to qualify and then once a year you just have firearms. So we have to have two full days of firearms every year. Um, usually one in the spring, one in the fall and every spring is a qualifying shoot to keep okay. them certified with all the guns. So you have you actually have to qualify with each gun separately. Yes. Interesting. Okay. And then any off duty, they also they also have to you also have to qualify with your off duty ones that you belong that you carry or that you own to be able to carry them off duty. They have to be cert or they have to be uh, approved by policy to carry, and then you also have to certify with them off duty as well. Oh. So. If you try to take any guns that you currently own on duty with you, you have to certify them, or just any firearm that you so on, own. On duty, there's only a select few that are approved to carry on duty. 
they have to be approved by the agency to carry on duty but to even carry off duty you have to qualify with the firearms even if they they don't belong to the agency and i'm just carrying one off duty i still have to qualify because i'm still carrying under their protection if something was to happen outside of outside of it and if i don't qualify on that firearm and i'm still carrying it and i have to use it off duty i i would now lose my protection of the patrol all right because you're a peace officer you they want to make sure you're certified on anything that you yeah. might come in contact with all right so that makes sense. so if i end up having if i'm not certified and i or they want to make sure that i'm proficient with the firearm so if i'm carrying off duty and i have to take action off duty they want to make sure that i'm not putting innocent people at risk by just throwing rounds everywhere Mm. So no grenade launchers or anything like that. Nope. Just what? driving down Main Street, spouting off a few for target practice. Nope. Um, That'd be probably frowned on. <laughs> speaking of, you do have a taser though, right? You get issued a taser as well, though. Yes, do have a taser. So I and... heard that you have to be tased in order to carry a taser. Is that true? Then pepper spray twice and tased once. <laughs> Which one's worse? Uh, pepper spray, by far. Huh, okay. Interesting. There we go. Pe- pepper spray, the effects don't go away. You know, you're like an hour later, you go take a shower, it reactivates. It's just miserable for like the rest of that not the rest of that day. Taser, five seconds, and you're done. That's it. I mean, how painful is the taser, though, when you're being tased? Like, are we talking, like, well, it's not birth pleasant. of a child? <laughs> well, I mean, is it, is it like what you see in the shows? It just drops you down to the ground, and you just don't want to do anything? You can't, you much? can't do anything. It's a, it, it seizes up your muscles, basically. Uh-huh. Yeah. Dang. So, wait, why were you pepper sprayed, pepper sprayed twice? Because I was pepper sprayed in the academy, and then when I got out of the academy, the patrol required us to be pepper sprayed again, just so they knew that we had gone through it, not just people saying, oh, I've been pepper sprayed at the academy. So it was This isn't like a hazing, this isn't like a hazing ritual or something? No, it's just just to make sure we're certified. They wanted, instead of having people, different certification dates here, here, and all over the place, they just did it all together and just said... So that way they had record that we actually had done it and not just relying on records from somebody else. Okay. That's, uh, that sounds miserable, but um, I guess you do what you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, sucks. Yeah, when you're, when you're training to be a surgeon, I mean, you don't have to do surgery on yourself to qualify. <laughs> no, but you do have do you do it? Don't you have to do stuff on other people, though? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But so, if you pepper sprayed somebody else, that doesn't make you certified. You have to spray <laughs> yourself. We have to pepper. They, they, we had to pepper spray like a dummy so that we could effectively squirt it at somebody's eyes. But, but who does the pepper spraying? Like, who's pepper sprayed you in your eyes? Like, uh, it was just an instructor. That's got to be like their, their, like their, the day that they look forward to, right? Like the day that they can just like punish everyone. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. All right. So um, let's move on to your car. So you, uh, I assume, as soon as you get hired, you or as soon as you, your first day on the job, you get issued a car, right? 
Uh, yeah, not my first day. First day was all paperwork and signing all the agreements and all that stuff. And first day was all paperwork stuff. Then the second day, we got issued our car. So you don't get to like put in a request for like a type of vehicle that you want, right? Like no, it's just... Ohio Patrol just off just orders so many of whatever, and then they issue them out. Okay. But so you no, get to no. customize it, right? Like add hydros and a spoiler <laughs> and spinners. I, I try, yeah, I wish. Some ground effect lights. I want, I, yes. if I could request one, I want a Dodge Challenger that's matte black with ghost decals on it. <laughs> awesome. That would look pretty sweet. That's what I would like, but. You'd really give your officers, you know, personality if the, you allowed you guys to. <laughs> Do the cars like you wanted them. Mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, do what you got to. Um, all right. So, uh, how long do you have your vehicle for? Like, what are the rules surrounding the vehicle? You can drive it around off off duty, right? Because they want you to be seen. Um, yes. So we get a 50 mile radius of off duty use of the patrol car. Um, it's more of an officer safety or officer presence uh, thing. You know, it's first level of force. I mean, people driving down the road with me in my patrol car, they don't know that I'm off duty, so they're going to slow down and start by, you know, obeying the law. I've done a lot of stuff off duty. I've arrested somebody in a stolen car off duty. I have arrested someone DUI off duty. I've arrested, I've stopped out of numerous motorist assists off duty. So kind of one of the expectations is being able to drive it off duty. You're still going to respond to stuff um, if you happen to be in the area. Okay, so but you haven't like when you're off duty, you don't like pull people over. Like you no, just help I'll, with other well, things. Well, I have when they blatantly were all over the road and they end up being DUI. I stopped them, but oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I was gonna ask um, about wonder if there's a perception that if a cop is off duty, then that somehow curtails their authorities. Uh, I don't think that's correct. I think whether or not you're on or off duty, you can, you do your thing, right? Yep. Yeah. You still have jurisdiction. You still could do stuff if you want. They, they frown on it. I mean, because if you think about it, I'm, when I'm on duty, I've got a vest on, I've got all my equipment off duty. Our, our requirements to drive it off duty is that we carry our firearm, um, a set of cuffs and an extra magazine for ammo and our badge and our identification. So, I mean, that's all I have on me when I'm, doing off-duty stuff or when I'm driving off-duty so I'm not going to go out and stop somebody for expired registration when they per- when they possibly could have a firearm in the car when I don't have a vest on right speaking of so. jurisdiction I had a question about okay so hyper patrolman you have jurisdiction in the city as well right like I have jurisdiction in the state of Utah okay anywhere a- in the state of Utah that was another question of mine. Let's say you're doing a chase, right? Let's say a chase takes you to the state border. Mm-hmm. What do you do at that point? So there is an agreement. Like if I'm going down through Arizona, there is an agreement that we can operate in a certain aspect of the of the state without any problems. Um, a lot of times we'll just turn it over to that agency to, to continue pursuing. Or Fresh Pursuit allows you to pursue outside. You know, A lot of times by that point we'll just terminate, though. Okay, interesting. And then turn it over. You can't. You cannot run a radio, so we'll just turn it over to you right. know, the next agency and let them spike it and take over. Okay. Uh, 
Okay, so that's jurisdiction. Oh, but okay, so I know highway patrolmen can pull over in the cities. Can city police officers pull over on the highway? Or on the freeway? Yeah. That's a thing, too? Okay. Yeah, they. I mean, just because they're not in their city, they don't necessarily lose their jurisdiction. They can, they can, a lot of times they'll stop and turn it over to the right, the proper authorities if they're like somewhere where they're not necessarily in their city. But okay. that's depending on their policy, their agency policy and stuff. Okay. Uh, quotas. Do you have quotas? Do you have to pull over a certain number of people? Do you have to arrest a certain number of people? No, it's actually illegal in the state of Utah to have quota. That's nice to know. State of, state of Utah just passed a, a bill or a law last, last year that illegalized quotas in the state of Utah. Okay. Was it practice before then? The A lot of that came up with the officer up in Mantua and a bunch of stuff that he was doing and stuff, but it wasn't ever, we never, I've never had a quota, but they just, the, the legislators felt it important to actually put it into law that it couldn't happen. Well, do they have like contests? You know, like if you work at a sales floor, the best salesman wins some prize. Do they have a contest? Like the most I, arrests? Yeah. No, the cop just... that shoots the most rounds up while on duty. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, a fresh apple pie baked by your. No, no, because then that would be a quota. That's illegal. Okay. It's important for us to correct these misconceptions. Exactly. <laughs> do let's let's go to another way. Do do officers ever like? I'm going to wait for like someone going hundred down the freeway just to pull them over and really get someone crazy off the road, you know, just kind of wait for maybe a, a bigger ticket item maybe then. No. Cause what, I mean, what benefit does it do if I pull somebody over that's a hundred or I pull somebody over that's 90 if they're supposed still speeding. Uh, true. Yeah. Speaking of that, actually, well, it's a, it's a bigger ticket if at a hundred, isn't it? We're not revenue getters. We're out there to uh, do safety. It's, I mean, I don't, I really, I don't care how much the tickets are. I, I write every all my tickets down. So last so time what, I got pulled over, he actually wrote me down, which I appreciated. So, so what, what you, do you <laughs> usually pull over for and ticket for? Like on a, an average day or an average. So what, like what, what do you usually? You know, yeah. What what do you usually do? I go out and I look for traffic and traffic violations. Yeah, but in like okay, of course. But like, do you usually pull over speeders or is it usually drugs or DUIs or what's what's the normal like? Well, how do you, how do you find drugs and DUIs without stopping them for any traffic violation? Well, that's true, but um, you, you never you never know what you're gonna get. So I go out and I just stop cars. Okay, so there's nothing for. Okay. Particular I'll, that like I'll stop I'll stop anything from equipment violations to moving violations to speeding to I mean as little as a third your high metal back brake light out because okay. that that went that brake light that's in your back window is required to be working so I I'll stop for that I'll stop for and do you ticket anything. for all of those regardless or is it just kind of a no. case by case scenario no depends if if they've been warned on it several times and it's still not fixed then i'll probably issue, be more likely to issue a ticket as opposed to first time offense stop them and oh hey look you have us out and give them a, you know just let them know 
more of an educational stop as opposed to punitive. If okay. the person cries when they get pulled over, are they more likely or less likely to get a ticket? And is it gender specific? Nope. Nope. I've already most most often I personally have already almost decided if you're getting a ticket or whether or not before I ever stopped you. Okay. So and that, generally I don't change it just so that's just what happens. Like if I've decided you're getting a ticket for your speed, you're doing doing 120 and I've already decided you're getting a ticket, I'll pull you over and give you a ticket. So how uh, I know there's how, once again this like how often do you see someone doing 120? <laughs> every once in a while. I think my fastest speed's 147. Dang. Oh dang. <laughs> you ran him down. That's impressive. <laughs> Actually, I turned on my lights and he pulled over. Natural <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, 20 on your intimidation check. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so, but most people want to know, like, most people have the perception, I believe, that, like, 5 over isn't going to get pulled over. 10 over is kind of a question mark, and 15 over, then you might... I mean, you, there's no rule like that, though, right? You just, I mean... Nope. One over is over, if, right? If, if, I, if you look at the speed limit sign, it doesn't say 80, <laughs> give or take. <laughs> it says 80. So if you're doing 81, you could get a ticket for it. Okay. So that's, that's generally, I assume, not the practice. But and and as far get... as I know, as far as I know, the code doesn't say 80 plus 5 or the speed limit plus 5. <laughs> okay. All right. I think there's uh, uh, some limits on uh, how much can be divulged on a podcast that we're going to put on the internet. <laughs> I know if right. you asked me these types of questions, I would answer similarly. Right, right, exactly. Well, uh, good, have, good. I actually have a question. So when you do get pulled over, what makes you more comfortable as a police officer? Like, what can somebody in the car, the driver, do in order to make you feel more at ease with the traffic stop? Hands visible. Hands are the most dangerous things. What's the What's the craziest stop you've had? Like crazy, like as in what? Uh, just a regular, con- just a regular traffic stop. It just well, I guess anything. What's the craziest thing that's happened to you <laughs> since you've been a highway patrolman? <laughs> uh, I had a person crap in my patrol car. <laughs> uh, that, that would be unpleasant. Okay. So uh, several. So what? Uh, I was going to say, so you were in the news, like, I want to say, like, six months ago with a, a decent drug bust, wasn't yeah, it? Which one? Yeah. Which I, one? I, just, I just remember seeing your name. You are like, on the headlines in the paper, and uh, uh, it said Officer Gibbs did a bunch of stuff. Or right, anyway. <laughs> I think the last time I was in my name we got put in the paper was in May, like, June. June? No, yeah. June when I had back-to-back shifts where I had large loads of uh, meth, like one shift was 20 pounds of meth, and the next shift was 34 pounds of meth, or 14 pounds of meth, so it was 34 pounds of meth total in two stops in two days. 
Yeah. Wow. So anyway, I think I think you were on like KSL, and I was looking at some of the comments, and there were some pretty brutal comments on there. Do you ever do you ever listen to those was, or take art too? I think that was my uh, that was after I um, that would have been the one after I uh, had those two kidnapped girls. Oh, that might have been it. Yeah, that was because I I try to keep out of the paper as much as I can, and KSL is the only one that actually put me on there, and yeah, that was the only one that I've actually been on the news for. Yeah, so I mean, mo- I think most officers try to just you know. I'm just doing my job. I want other people safe. I want to be safe, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, do you ever like, if you do get in there, do you ever like watch it and be like, man, this person's a jerk or anything like that? I do, but they're not doing what I'm doing. That's true. <laughs> they're not out rescuing two kid- kidnapped girls. They're not out um, dealing with cartel ties of large loads of narcotics. Yeah. Like yep. both those, that 20 pounds and the 14 pounds, those had direct ties to cartels. So, so they can go out and do it. They can go out and do it. They, they, if they want to come out and do it themselves, they can. But Sure. Yeah, certainly. I, I enjoy so, it. I enjoy it. It's a game to me. That was not an invitation for uh, news anchor-related <laughs> vigilanteism. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, actually, I had a, a different question, if, if I may, if we haven't already asked it. Um, can you sure. talk about the uh, you know benefits and retirement and all of that kind of stuff? If I'm um, thinking about being a highway patroller, what can I look forward to in that kind so of? So uh... up until 2012, it was retirement was basically the pension was 50% at 20 years, um, and then 2012 they cut it and it went to 37% at 25 years, um, and then just recently, cut. just last year. They, uh, well, they're doing this 37% at 25 years, but then they put some money in a 401k for you. Um, and then uh, just this last year, they were able to get a little bit of it back and, and upped it back to 50% at 25 years. So a little bit more percentage, but still at 25. Does that still include 401k style benefits as yeah. well? Or? Oh, yeah. that's pretty so, cool. I mean, it's not much. I mean, it's it's definitely not as good as what it used to be. Yeah. But, but you get health insurance and all that kind of stuff. I mean, this is a, it's a full-time job. Yeah. You get, like, uh, pretty good health insurance? Uh, it's just like any other high-deductible health insurance is what I have. They put half of our deductible in a HSA for us, and, and then it's, uh, like, a $3,000 deductible for my family. Okay. And then they cover eighty twenty after that. So, so I, I mean, uh, as a patrolman, you, you you can do overtime. You do a bunch of overtime. I know you do. Um, I, once I average between twenty and forty hours of check overtime. Nice. Um, is that is that available to like across the state? Like anyone that wants overtime can get overtime, or what's that? Yeah. So I get overtime through a different numerous different ways. We have like. Construction overtime. So, like, when you see the the high patrolmen that are sitting in a construction zone with their lights flashing, that's getting paid for by the construction company. They're getting paid for the traffic control. Um, they're so it's not like the state money's coming from it. It's through the that's actually through the construction company. They got to write it into their budget to have X amount of troopers on for traffic control. 
Um, that's one. And then the federal government through um, the Highway Safety Traffic Administration, they um, provide a lot of money for DUI shifts for DUI enforcement. Um, so I do a lot of DUI enforcement. And then the Highway Patrol has overtime available as well for safety shifts to go out and stop equipment and speed violations and aggressive drivers. Um, and then uh, and then I also am part of our interdiction team. So I get some money that's funding through uh, um, HIDA, their uh, High Intensity Drug Trafficking uh, Administration. They provide a lot of overtime as well for us. So most of our overtime comes from other areas and not necessarily from the patrol. Okay. Is anything over 40 hours considered overtime? Yeah, any anything beyond shift, like if my shift's 10 hours and I end up like on a crash that takes me beyond shift by like four hours, I can claim that four hours is overtime. Like last night, my shift went 13 and a half hours and I'm only, so 10 hours in my shift, so that last three and a half hours I can claim is overtime. Gotcha. Okay, so back to one of the things that I think a lot, a lot of people think highway patrol only get to do a lot, which is might be fun, is uh, chases. You've done a couple, right? What's uh, give us a chase story? Uh, my last one that I had, I had a car going south that was doing 99 and an 80. Uh, so I pulled out, caught up to it. It slowed down to 65. So I moved behind them to stop them. They switched lanes to the other side. I moved behind them over there. They switched lanes back to the other side. So then I turned on my lights and they kicked it up to 120. And we I pursued we pursued them from uh, Cedar City almost to St. George. We pursued them from mile marker 58 to about mile marker 22, where the Washington County deputies finally spiked him. And after he got spiked, he pulled over and then. Uh, ran on foot, ran out to the hills. Did you chase him, or did, uh, I? We actually didn't. We actually didn't find him that night, but he's out in the middle of nowhere with the houses around. So I figured he'd come out tomorrow, the next day. We we ended up identifying him from his uh, documents in the car, so we knew who he was, and so he ran out into the. He ran out there the next morning. Sure enough, he came back to I-15 and tried to hitchhike. So he got arrested. Oh boy! The best one I had was we had a guy stopped for following too close and lane travel violation. Um, stopped just fine. Went up, talked to him. Became suspicious that something else was going on. Called the dog. Alerted to the car. Told him to get out of the car so he could search. Uh, he put it in drive and took off on us. Uh, we did about 110 from Cedar City to north of Beaver. Um, we got north of Beaver. Two semis slowed down and let him uh, slowed him down for me. I ended up pitting him, um, so I spun him out uh, intentionally. Uh, after he got he got spiked twice, uh, one south of Beaver, one in the middle of Beaver. Um, I ended up spinning him or pitting him and getting him stopped. Uh, got him out, got him in custody, and then in the trunk there was a safe. And he gave us the code to the safe and ended up finding 10 pounds of meth in the safe. So nice. So 
has a has a chase ever not ended in an arrest? Like that's you you are getting arrested if you're getting if you're if you start a pursuit, right? Well, there's people that get away. There's there's chases we terminate. There's I mean there's for for public safety we can we'll terminate a um, pursuit or but most of the time yeah we're gonna end up catching them or or identifying who you are and arresting you later. And how often does the chase end with like a bad thing happening, like uh, like them crashing the car badly or something like that? Has that happened in any of the scenarios you've been in? No. Well, I had one where they I was secondary in the pursuit and they rolled the car at the end and one of the passengers were ejected probably 50 feet away from the where the car was. Oh. But he was fine. Oh, well, that's uncommon yeah in the medical field we call it the cockroach effect it's really hard to kill a cockroach <laughs> you might want to edit that out i don't know <laughs> maybe <laughs> okay okay so um let's see what else were could, we gonna could ask? I ask another question yeah shoot so uh when you look at the highway patrol you think of your highway patrolman as a patrolman are there other careers within hi- the highway patrol uh, other yeah. than just patrolman yeah yeah we have like the state bureau of investigations which is basically our detective diver- division there's uh, agencies within there where you got the alcohol enforcement team you've got they've just started like a vape enforcement team or they so the alcohol and vape they go to different shops and they do like the cub ops and the bars to make sure people aren't being overserved and things like that. Then you got the major crime aspect of it. They investigate like your uh, murders that happen in our jurisdiction, as well as the major um, drug seizures they investigate. We also have an aero bureau uh, with helicopters. We have, I'm not sure if we got both helicopters back. We got two helicopters that um, the aero bureau flies. And then we have a dive team. We have the interdiction or canine team. We have the DUI squad. Interesting. So Did you say a, a dive team? Yeah, we have an underwater dive team. Wow. So they'll go do evidence recoveries in lakes and body recoveries and searches. and. Interesting. Um, okay, so what about... Um, so I know that when I was a scout... And uh, I, I did some ride-alongs with um, Ohio Patrol. Um, I've gone out with you once or twice, actually a couple times. Can is that available? Well, yeah, you can go ride-alongs. Uh, can can anyone do ride-alongs? Yeah. Well, they have to be over a certain age, and but yeah, you can contact our supervisor, and he can he can help set it up. If you drive really dangerously, then you're going to be guaranteed a ride along <laughs> in the backseat. <laughs> right, right. right. Uh, hopefully not going to be sitting in the cage when you're doing the ride along. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I feel like that, at least for me, has given a good perspective on like uh, the kinds of things the, hi- the high patrolmen encounter. And uh, uh, so you, never, you didn't get to see anything. <laughs> well, I got to see a couple of arrests. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but we what? We made it to I fifteen. 
Uh, yes. <laughs> we drove maybe three miles and we were already there, there, arrested. There was that again. one. Well, we you were you pulled someone over as we're getting on the freeway. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um. But yeah, that seems like a good way for people to kind of become familiar with like higher patrolmen, have a better respect for like what what higher patrolmen do, what police officers do in general. Um, all right, any other questions, Cameron, so Johnny, if, Matt? If you don't have a friend that's in the police department or in the highway patrol, how do you set up a ride along? Like, do you call the office and say, "Hey, I want to come ride along with an officer for the day" or whatever? Yeah, they can. Yeah, you just call somebody, and like my Sarge is the one that sets up our ride-alongs here. Um, so if you're in this area, you can call the High Patrol audit office and ask request to be going a ride-along. Some agencies don't do ride-alongs. Some agencies do, just depending on the agency. Gotcha. Do you so, often uh, get just kind of out of the blue requests like that? They don't let me take ride-alongs, so I don't. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah okay. they, they do we get like we'll get like i'd say like two to three a month maybe requests especially right when we're doing a hiring like when the patrol sends out a um notification saying that we're hiring it seems to is when we get more ride-along uh offers or requests because people want to see what it is before they go through the hiring process Okay. So one uh, thing that I know that oh, sorry Cameron is just uh, one thing I know that Adam already kind of addressed this a little bit, but I know that a lot of people from either from their upbringing or from their race, ethnicity, culture, or whatever, have a predisposed like notion of like cops and high patrolmen or generally do, and and kind of are predisposed to either like or dislike officers. Uh, is there anything that um, you do differently depending on you know? gender or race or anything like that no i just treat people i i just treat people as best i can because you go up and be mean to them that's going to be that usually doesn't get you anywhere but if you go up and just be nice on it and like every traffic stop and treat it just like you would on everyone then it usually goes pretty well and and the people that you pull over, I mean, obviously, in a lot of cases, they're either angry or frustrated or anything like that. Uh, is there things, particular things, uh, you already said, obviously, keep your hands up or keep your hands where you can see them. <laughs> but uh, other, <laughs> like, obviously, you don't want to, uh, you know, like provoke or be angry. Uh, things that they should or shouldn't say, way, ways to, to essentially deal with the situation. Uh, you just got to remember uh, the place to argue is in court, not on the side of the road. Ah, good advice. Okay. So, I know I've also heard, um, and these might be just folklore, ideas of like people calling their lawyers and having them talk to the police officers. That's not something that you do, though, right? You don't engage with lawyers or anything like that, at least not until court. No, not until court. I right. have just a, I have a talk to people's lawyers just to sometimes sometimes that's the only way to get them to listen if i take the two minutes to talk to the lawyer on the side of the road then after that point sometimes they'll actually listen and start uh, being more cooperative it's just kind of reading the situation and reading the scenario what's going on and i mean obviously if i encounter you on the side of the road usually that's probably usually that's one of your you're at your worst you know you're pissed right. off or you're caught or you're 
nervous or scared or you're, I mean, who knows what's going on. You could have something going on in your life where you just got in a fight. You just found out something happened. Someone just died. I mean, I never know until I get to the car what's going on with, with what you have going on until we have some kind of interaction interaction. Right. Right. Does it, does it help when you explain your situation like, oh, hey, yeah, I'm sorry I was speeding. This is what's going on. Wasn't thinking about it. Does that ever? It might it might help. for uh, some officers. But like I said, I I tend to take all the emotion out of traffic stops. And if I've already decided at a certain limit, you're getting a ticket or for some like. I've already decided at that point if you're getting a ticket or not. Like when I walked up to the window and what you do won't, I, I keep it all the same. So like I can't go, so I don't go to court and end up, well, you gave this guy a warning, but you gave this guy a ticket. So why is that? And so it's, I, ch- I try to keep everything very, very um, d- consistent on all my traffic stops. That's very ethical of you. I appreciate that. So another thing that I think that so so you go to court and I feel like um, that's part of your job. You get paid to go to court. Is that the case? Yeah. If I'm off duty, it's overtime. If I'm on duty, then it's just a regular time. Okay. So if someone wants to challenge it in court, it's not like I mean you have a reason to go. I mean you're going to get paid either way. So you you show up. I get, at court. I get I get subpoenaed, and if I don't show up, I get charged. So oh really? Okay. Up. Wow. Okay. Cool. So. Once, once they issue that subpoena, I'm kind of obligated to go. Right. Because you have a right to face your accuser. So if it goes to court and I don't show up, then you can't face your accuser and there your constitutional rights been violated. So you have a right to, to face your accuser. Right. So that, that kind of goes into like what we've been a little bit of talking about was the question I was going to ask you. Do you get anybody that tries to kind of audit their amendments, videotape you, you know, stuff like that? Like their interactions. I don't videotape. I don't care. The more, the more recordings we have going on, the more (laughs) we get to see. I have, I have three cameras rolling the whole time I'm on a traffic stop. Yeah. Well, I I just, what, what, what is a, what is a fourth, what's a fourth camera going to do? Yeah. Well, I mean, some people just feel safer. I mean, I, I sort of understand that, but I was more like, there's people that can almost purposely provoke a situation I know it's a little bit different when you're pulling something over, but they try to be like, well, you can't ask for this or you can't do this. You should know your rights. And You, you definitely you definitely get your YouTube lawyers out there that they talk to somebody or another that think that they understand their rights and they know their rights. And I am one that actually follows up on case law and I actually know my case law. So um, when it comes to what I can and can't do on a traffic stop, so... We can try to fight. We can try to go to bat on that, but most of the time, I, I know what my case law says. I can and can't do. Mm. So good to know. So, but you're you're a fan of, of the cameras out there, then, because I know that's like been a hot button issue as far as police officers having body cameras or stuff like that. You, you I mean, as far as you're concerned, as long if people can see it from your point of view, then they know why you did what you did. I love my body cam. I just this this car that I have right now is my first was when I finally got my body cam and I thought I'd, I thought it'd be cumbersome and hard, but I love it. It saves any kind of accusations. It, um, it's a lot better audio and video recording than what my old dash cam used to have. It used to be the only perspective you had was from my car and you had a wireless, uh, 
microphone that was on me, so you couldn't see what I was seeing in the car. My dash cam, my body cam now captures captures everything that I'm looking at in the car and what I see on the traffic stop. So it's a lot better from my perspective than what a dash cam is. And I'm perfectly okay with people recording me because with those recordings, they can't come up and have a false accusation on me saying, oh, I did this. Well, you recorded it yourself and I obviously didn't do that. You know, okay. so it saves every, it saves everyone, I think. Yeah. Cool. So. All right, any final questions for Officer Gibbs, Cameron, Johnny, Matt? Okay, so one other question for me, unless everyone else has it. The last question. So, why did you become a, a, a you know peace officer, and what would you say to, to either you know people interested in becoming a peace officer or kids that might be interested in in that kind of a, a job? What would you say to to them? That was more of like a lawyer answer. You start with one, but you're open into three. Oh yeah, that's a two prong one. <laughs> Two-prong question. You one... can answer either or both or neither. Uh, I became a police officer because uh, I like to do good. I like to have fun. I like to... It's it's a job away from an office. I never know what's going to happen. I can... One day I could be in the media and doing nothing and just stopping cars all day. One day I could be responding to a fatal where you got four ejected. I've got... There's other days I get a stolen car or other pursuits. There's you know, I, there, I've had some, I've had times where I've checked on duty and 15 minutes into my, into my day, I'm already, no, one day I checked on duty and within five minutes I was in a pursuit that was already started and actually ended up primary in that pursuit five minutes after I checked on duty. Like there's just, you just never know what's going to happen. Especially hmm. I went to school for civil engineering and I don't think I would have enjoyed it sitting in an office all day. I just, for me, I love being out. I love doing things. I love I love when somebody reacts to my presence in a negative way and I get to try to figure out why they reacted that way. And that's the thing I really like the most is somebody passes and they start tailgating a semi. I'm going to be like, okay, somebody's not going to normally tailgate a semi, but why, I'm going to go figure out why it is, whether it's they got warrants, they got a suspended license, they've got drugs in the car, they've got their DUI. I don't I mean, it's just one of those I don't. I that that's that to me is I, I enjoy. So, okay. And, and for people cool. that are a police officer, if I you like want that. to do good and want to help, then then it's a good job. I Sign like up. it. It's different. Cool. Being a trooper is different than a regular than a different police officer. I, I'm not responding to a police officer. You're going to see a lot more people in their worst case scenario. You're going to see the domestics and the and the fights and the things like that. They're more of a reactive agency. They have to respond to that kind of stuff. I get to be more proactive. I get to go find the people that are that are out willfully causing problems to the public. Okay, cool. Well, thank you, Adam. Officer Gibbs, appreciate yep. your, your time. And uh, um, we will uh, sign off here and we will... Uh, see you guys back again for our next uh, our next podcast. Until then.